My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. Hello? Taylor, emergency pod! I was just. I'm so glad. I just had this other one pod. posted. This is our pod. We're recording it. It's an emergency pod. I'm adding people as we go. I'm trying to get Luke on here. I'm trying to get. Uh, I'm trying to get John Ham plugged into. Uh, incredible. Russ Westbrook just signed the five year max extension. He's here for another six years in Oklahoma City. Are you uh, recording this right now? I'm recording it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know if you were like talking to me like that or if this was on the pod. This is the pod, man. Oh, man. This is legit pod times. This is pod okay. times. I'm trying to add Luke into it right now. Um, man, I need Luke on here because I want him. Here's He, wa- he wants to slam down a point here in a second uh, because I think it's, it's the reason why he waited. And I'm sure that if you're on Twitter, you've seen this already. Um, I'm patching Luke in right now. Uh, Taylor, what's your what's your instant reaction? Luke! Emergency pod. Emergency pod. Uh, okay, Taylor, I'm cutting you off. Emergency Luke, pod. Luke, right, why fine. did he wait? Why did he wait until today? He waited till today because today is Katie's birthday. It is <laughs> Katie's birthday! Which is the perfect reason for him to wait. It is! I love it. Oh my goodness, it's so great. I'm so that. happy. Oh, he absolutely man. did this. So on purpose. Out, he did. Oh, out of spite and I I'm, I'm 100% here for it. Uh yes. Uh, we are here for all of it and the this best is- thing is that <laughs> this doesn't have to be a storyline throughout the year like, "Oh, is he going to sign? Is he not going to sign?" Like he resigned, he's here. This is his team. <laughs> I know there was I was like kind of nervous about that narrative going through the whole year because along yeah. with that narrative comes the well if if Russ doesn't sign an extension then why would Paul George or Mello yeah even right after yeah this year? so now it's like oh shoot it's like only hope right yeah. now we only have hope there's no doubt anymore you know what I mean and uh it must mean I mean he's loving this new team that can only I mean he's he's in man Wow, and I am in him so deep too. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. That is nasty. Uh, this is really, oh, really I didn't great. Mean to say it like that. Sure, Come sure, on. whatever. Sure, uh, whatever. This is for a great look for the Thunder right now. So, oh yeah, the Thunder. Think about it. They had an incredible summer, capping it with this five-year extension for Russell Westbrook. Um. This is big time because now that they see how fully committed superstar MVP Russell Westbrook is to the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think that that inches this team closer to sticking together after this season is over. I mean, I can definitely see a scenario where where they get to the West Finals, Paul George stays, and then Melo opts in to the last year of his deal. And are they going to be in luxury tax hell from there? Of course they are. But I think that there are ways to mitigate that. I think that if they have to deal away an Andre Robertson, I don't think they would, but I think that they could if they're really just hemorrhaging money. But also the thing is this Thunder team has saved a ton of money over the years. They have paid repeatedly into the NBA over and over and over again because they make money. 
Um, And so they were waiting for this time. They they were going to be paying this kind of luxury tax with Kevin Durant here, and now they get a kind of a second chance with Russ and Paul George and Carmelo. Uh, It's just, I mean, this is this is a huge deal. No superstar has ever committed. No superstars ever committed to stay this long in OKC. Yeah. The other thing that I love is that Katie took less money because he's an idiot. And <laughs> Russ is now like the highest paid athlete in the NBA, if not all of sports. Yeah. So it, just saying, it is KD. so funny. It, it's funny, man, because like Katie totally did that as like a PR thing. Like, absolutely. The, oh, the yeah. Warriors really would have figured it out whether he took that, like took the full amount or not. I, I really do think that. And yeah. um, and also something too that we've seen from Presti this year is him going like balls to the walls, right? Like going yeah. all in. It's not about development. And now we can expect this Presti, since he's like seen success from this already so quickly. I think we can expect this Presti treating the team like this for the next five years since Russ is Russ isn't young and developing anymore. Like there's no reason yeah. to be saving money and to be waiting on young players to catch up now because Russ is like. This is it. This is his peak. The next five years are like his peak peak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. Presti is going, this is it for the next five years. This is what's going to happen every year is we're pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's just it's a great way to go into your weekend, <laughs> swing, swing home, grab an anthem beer, and just head into that weekend, man. It's going to be it's gonna be great. I'm going to be celebrating all weekend. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Andrew, uh, just this, this, everything. <laughs> <laughs> just how awesome it is, man. I just can't believe it. Remember it's just so- how weird everything felt at the end of last season? The Thunder losing the first round in five games yeah. to James Harden and the Houston Rockets. This team was young. They had some potential. And you're just like, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and now we have Russ extended, Patrick Patterson Paul George, Carmelo oh, Anthony. Uh, it's just outrageous. Man, think about think about even if Carmelo or Paul George or both of them leave, think about how valuable even that Patrick Patterson contract is now. Oh, it's like inc- oh. like what if you what if we paid him 10 to 15 million? Like right. and then those two leave or one of them leave. That kind of sucks. But like shoot, the guy's on 5 million a year. Like he doesn't get in the way at all. At some yeah. point, Kyle Singler is going to be gone, I assume. And so there's just no, never. there's just room. There's no, he's never going to be gone because we have our theories. We won't get into <laughs> it. But uh, <laughs> but man, that Patrick Patterson contract, I think long term is going. I mean, this year for sure. But even long term, no matter what happens, you're going to look at that and be like, wow, that is incredible because that player can play legitimate minutes. If you need him to start, he's a he's a starter in the league. Yeah, you know. Next time, just we just need to remember. Next time we ever want to question Presty, don't do it. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's good at his job. You know, man. Yes. And he got he got yes. so you know there was some luck that came this year with getting Paul George and Carmelo. But the difference is, as soon as Presty saw an opportunity, he jumped on it and like oh, all yeah. all over it, yeah, all absolutely. over it. And we haven't seen well, that before. We've seen a more timid. You know, think long term, think like like patient Presty, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, and this is different. And this is just different. And there's no reason why he should change what he's doing right now over the next five years. Yeah. 
I am so I I'm so glad about this in particular that now every Thunder preview that we've read that that says like it's a doomsday scenario for the Thunder uh, here next summer because Russell Westbrook's going to go play with LeBron and now this is going to happen and that's going to happen and now we don't have to listen to that anymore. It's just yeah. it's yeah. just great. It's just great because people it keeps open. Go ahead. People never believe in OKC. Like the the initial no. thought, and almost maybe it's maybe not the initial, but usually the second or third thought when this team is put together is always, well, we're going to watch it break apart next summer. And like that's always the next thought. It's always like yeah. the next piece that's written. It's always mm-hmm. the next thing with whoever is analyzing this team because they're Oklahoma City. And to lock up a superstar in his prime like this is really becoming unheard of for small markets. And OKC may be like the last hope for all these small markets to be able to keep their guys. You know, Milwaukee's hope to keep Giannis. You know, right. Anthony, Anthony Davis in New Orleans. All these other teams that just feel like we can't even keep our guys because they're going to want to go to the coast or these bigger markets. OKC, their, their model is really the last hope. And you know what the model is? The model is just outstanding management. And if you look at all yeah. these teams, what's the difference between a good team and a bad team? It's outstanding management. Yeah, totally. I mean, look at the Spurs. They've had the same management team since day one of them being successful, right? Yeah. And look at all this long-term success. You can even look at Boston, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just constantly successful. Maybe they have one or two down years. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, it's just long-term. I don't know. I can't even talk about this anymore. But, but like, uh, you know, I think about LeBron, right? And people may still say, okay, Russell Westbrook signed an extension, but why would Paul George, like Paul George might still leave to go play with LeBron in LA next year or something, right? Someone might say that, but my thing is, I mean, is it that clear? Like, is that actually an easy decision for Paul George? Because like, depending on the success of the Thunder this year, uh, I don't know if playing LeBron's still the best player in the world. I'm not going to argue against that, but I don't think it's an easy decision leaving playing with Russell Westbrook for four more years in Oklahoma City uh, to go join LeBron on the Lakers, which, like, they don't have – what else do they have going besides LeBron going there? Yep. And I just don't think it's going to be that simple. Right. He yeah. said he said he wanted to play with Westbrook. I don't think that means he's coming to OKC. Um, but I do think that this changes the equation for even maybe several different stars because if they thought mm-hmm. that Russ would go to L.A., I think that that brings a few stars with them. Maybe even it would have – you know, he and Paul George could have teamed up there, and then they could have right. gotten someone else to take less money. Uh, this changes the equation quite a bit because you have the current MVP staying put in a small market, and he's got two superstars with him with an outstanding supporting cast. Some people are downplaying mm-hmm. like some of our bench pieces and stuff like that. Like I just, I, I don't agree. I think Alex Sabrinas is going to be great. I think Jeremy Grant's going to yeah. have a good season. You also, I mean, Stephen Adams, Andre Robertson. I mean, they've they've got the pieces around them ready to go. Uh, this is this is a great day to be a Thunder fan and a great day to uh, be in Oklahoma. I love it. I'm patching John uh, Ham in. John Ham's joining the pod. Hey, I gotta I gotta drop out because I'm gotta go back to work. Okay. Hey. Bye, Luke. Hey. John Ham, welcome to the pod. Bye, Luke. Man. I'll see you, Mom. Bye, Luke. Hi, Luke. Bye, Luke. (laughs) John Hamm, welcome to the emergency pod. This is just a madness pod. Uh, Tell us, what does this mean? What does this mean, Hamm? 
Oh, I, I, I think it's a pretty good thing, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. We're kind of, you caught us right in the middle of a debate about it. Yeah. <laughs> we might kidding. we might want to take some time and just kind of have a more measured response. Uh, this uh, is you don't come to down to dunk for measured responses, Ham. <laughs> uh, this is reactionary only. I'm just thinking back to everything. I don't know. Go back two years ago when everyone was stressing about Kevin Durant, you know, going into the last year of his deal. In absolutely no way, shape or form would I have imagined that at that point in time that Kevin Durant would leave and Russell Westbrook would sign two extensions to stay in Oklahoma City. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Russ is always the one that was going to leave. He's a fashion icon. He's going to want to go be in a bigger city. He's going to want to go back home to L.A. Uh, little did we know, this is our Tim Duncan. It's Russell Westbrook. Like, the most unlikely Tim Duncan to ever be a franchise guy, at least it seemed, is Russell Westbrook, and he's turned into that guy. Yeah, he has. Um so that's the thing. I we tend to, or I, when I say we, I'm talking like people, fans, not necessarily us, but people tend to take what they think is important to them, or if they were in that athlete's position and applying it. Because yeah, like you said, Russell Westbrook was going to get on the the first thing smoking for Los Angeles or New York. Um, you know, he didn't belong here in Oklahoma City. But here's what matters to Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think we can honestly say now it's no longer just a selling point. Loyalty matters to him. Mm-hmm. I, there, there is no doubt whatsoever. I mean, if last last summer I wrote an article that said be careful about jumping, you know, they're gonna they're gonna present this as loyalty, and maybe there's some truth to it. No, I I, I think this is um, I think this is genuinely uh, just loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and we might we might be lucky with a little bit of spite uh, toward Kevin Durant mixed in there as well. We might just be lucky that that Russell Westbrook is uh, kind of <laughs> vengeful. You know what I mean? Like, like it I is, think that that helped OKC's uh, loyalty uh, argument a little right. bit. But yeah. but you know, and and I don't think that Russell Westbrook turned into this player. I think that maybe he's been that all along. And Kevin Durant being here and being the person we thought he was and being, you know, the marketed player that we thought he was, uh, I think distracted us from really learning and understanding who Russell Westbrook is. And maybe it just took this whole thing happening. And Russ is like, man, I I don't know. Like, I I wonder if he's surprised that we are surprised about him signing these extensions and being loyal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe maybe he doesn't frankly doesn't care. Maybe yeah. he's just oblivious to it. I'm going to do what I do, and you guys just, you know, let me do my thing. Right, I, I it's think. us who looked over him the whole time. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no coincidence he did this on Kevin Durant's birthday, I'll tell you that. No coincidence I I, at all, and I love I, it. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. And and here's the thing is I, I had gotten an indication earlier this week that it was probably going to happen, but obviously I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, cause you never know. And I, I, I wasn't told a specific day or anything, just that, you know, it's, 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 it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and sure enough, um, it did. And I don't see any way that <laughs> it wasn't intentional to wait until today to get that done. Oh no. Russ is a very measured person and it's, uh, it's just the greatest. Like, what else could you ask for as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan? What else could you ask for this summer? Um, 
you feel like if you could go back in time and tell like May 20th <laughs> me what's going to happen this summer, I'd just be like, I don't even believe you. There's just no way. There's no way that any right. of that happens. Remember the summer of internal development? I do. I was yeah. a uh, I was a sad proponent of that. <laughs> well, and remember every time, like Jay, I have to give Jay a lot of credit, and like he really wanted Mellow and would come up with trades like this for Mellow, you know. Yeah. And uh, opportunity has ended up being on Jay's side for sure. Um, sure. But like the canner for uh, canner and McBuckets for Mellow and a second rounder for Mellow. Who would have said, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no way. You know who we have like, to well, thank for that? Yeah, we Phil, have Dan Gilbert to thank for all this. Yeah, Phil, Phil Jackson, too. Yeah, for, Phil. Yeah. For tanking Mello's value. I mean, over the oh, last yeah. two years, he yeah, has destroyed sure. his value to the rest of the league for the way that he was treated, for everything. It's just insane. Yeah, and again, Dan Gilbert... Uh, by all appearances, the Cavaliers probably would have Paul George and Carmelo Anthony by now. But, you know, he got cute with um, with general manager, um, David Griffin, didn't renew his contract. You know, they parted ways immediately, like five days before the draft. If David Griffin stays, maybe this entire summer unwinds differently. It's It's just wild to think about how that one act has affected Oklahoma City. Yeah, I don't even understand that. I, I saw that that had come out more so yesterday because um, mm-hmm. Mello was talking about that a lot more too. And uh, right. I don't, I don't understand why wouldn't that happen? Do you know? Do you know why that wouldn't happen? I would imagine. I mean, some of this comes down to obviously David Griffin and the relationships that he's formed. I think that's a huge part of mm. making trades in the NBA. Is Yes, you're competing against other teams, but you've, you forge relationships with them, right? Yeah. Um, and probably David Griffin had, had laid down a lot of groundwork, and then suddenly he's out of the picture, and some new guy steps in, or who, I don't even, you know, whether it was Colby Altman that stepped in in the interim or whatever, um, you know, probably just, probably just couldn't be persuasive enough to get the deals done. I, I think those are huge underrated aspects of a lot of deals. Hmm. Yeah, so, I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it's fascinating because I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe's podcast with Kevin Arnovitz earlier, and you know talked about Sam Presti just being opportunistic, you know, and and getting in there on the Paul George trade, and not just getting Paul George, but getting him for what he gave up. Um, you know, when everyone thought that, oh, Boston's going to have to fork over that Brooklyn pick and they're going to have to give this and that and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, Sam Presti was able to was able to make that happen. If that doesn't happen, Carmelo Anthony doesn't come to Oklahoma City. Yeah. I mean, for, oh, yeah, there's no there's no way we were, uh, we were texting about it yesterday. And uh, Andrew asked, like, is it is it weird for me to be more excited about Melo than Paul George? But I think that it just feels like that because Mello is this huge bonus, right? Like you mm-hmm. get like Mello for sure doesn't come here without Paul George. And when Paul George came here, you're like, wow, that's super lucky. That's kind of crazy that that worked out that way. But you still have Russ and Paul George and you have a good team. Patrick Patterson starting. But it's still, you know, you feel like maybe they can be a contender if everything goes right and some things go wrong for other teams. But then all of a sudden, Mello becomes a real thing. And all of a sudden, Mello's on your team. And you're right up there 
with everyone else. And I think that's where the excitement comes from is like the, the opportunity that comes with this bonus third player. And, you know, I wonder if, if somehow Mello was here before Paul George, if we would be more excited about Paul George too, because it's like, Oh my God, this third player came out of nowhere. And, uh, and now we're this great contender all of a sudden. So, yeah. So exciting. It's great. There, yeah. So happy. There's so much stuff. I mean, just, I mean, even look, we talked a lot about, and, and by the way, your podcast, um, the, the fry, the fry pod where you dove into Kevin Durant and just what a, kook he seems to be yeah i mean that was so good but again you know here you got one guy granted a very prominent guy who's out there acting like this i didn't like playing for that team i didn't i couldn't win with those cats and then you've got like i don't know you got like ennis Cantor, kendrick perkins you got so many guys that you know, seemed to really enjoy the organization, appreciated everything here. You got Russell Westbrook extending two times within the past year. Mm-hmm. You've got Carmelo Anthony saying, yes, I want to go to Oklahoma City because New York City and the Knicks can't get their crap together. Right. <laughs> I, it, look, it just it speaks a lot to it speaks a lot to the organization, too. It does. You know? uh, Bobby Marks just tweeted that he has been told numerous times that OKC ownership is all in with a large tax bill next season. Lecture tax could be north of 140 million. So this has been like a worry and a concern by some people. Um, I don't know why you're so worried about it because none of this money's coming from your pocketbook. Um, <laughs> but the ownership is all in. They, they wanted this to be the team with Durant and Horford and all those guys, like that's what they wanted. And they are, were ready to pay it because they, you, you just have to pay for championship teams. Look at the teams at the top. They're also the teams with the top payrolls and the blazers. Um, but, um, you have to pay for your teams. You can't, you can't continue to trade away guys to save money. If you want to win a championship and the thunder want to win a championship. Now, do they need some really special things to happen, uh, like some injuries to happen to make that happen? Sure. But now they are ready to pounce if they do. And the Thunder ownership know what a special opportunity this is. And they're ready to open up their pocketbooks, write those checks, whatever it is. They're ready for it. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I mean, they could have been saving up money for years and years and years. You know, they have like, been. Stop- yeah. Right. They have been. And think of all the times they've gone deep into the playoffs and all that revenue that's come in. I mean, they're, they have just been pocketing money waiting for this moment and they were prepared for it. And thankfully um, all this luck and opportunity is in line with when they were planning on spending money anyway. So it's like, it's just great. That's the thing, you know, people, fans, analysts, media, they tend to get caught up in the year to year stuff. Yeah, but as as I've been as I've been trying to explain to the best of my ability and to the best that I understood it, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff is in five year cycles. I mean, they're thinking five years ahead, and they were thinking that five years ago. So you think back to then; they had just come off their you know one Western Conference Finals appearance, one NBA Finals appearance, um, and I mean, just like like someone explained to me one time, like. For the smaller market, sometimes you need multiple deep playoff runs to pay one year of luxury tax. Mm, okay, right. That's just the reality. So, and that's where, you know, again, not to pile on Kevin Durant because, but that's that's been my beef with Golden State. Okay, 
three straight finals appearances. You know, they're, they're making money hand over fist and then going to KD and saying, you know, we just can't really afford to give you what you're worth yeah. because it's going to cost us money. Right. And he's all like, OK, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That whole thing just completely just continues to boggle my mind. I am I am ecstatic that Russell Westbrook got every dime that he was eligible to get. Yeah. OK, because he should. He yeah. absolutely should. The yeah. only reason, the only reason whatsoever for him to take less is to alleviate the owner's uh, wallets. Right. It just make them, you know, make them a little bit richer. So yeah. anyway, I'm, that's just a little pet peeve of mine that I've been stewing on for a while. Yeah. If you're a top 10 player, you should have all the money. Like, because you are what brings this league right. billions of dollars. LeBron figured that out finally. Yeah, um, yeah he did. And um, I've drawn a distinction between like, you know, because if, if you're trying to squeeze guys under the salary cap, which is what the Miami big three did. Okay. That's a slightly different circumstance. Duncan even worked with the Spurs so they sure. could squeeze under the, under the salary cap. Sure. The sure, luxury sure. tax is another animal. You know, when it gets to that point, I understand why small market Oklahoma city, you know, kind of had to think a little bit more cautiously back then. But, you know, I'm sorry, you know, a team that's in the fourth largest market that's that's making money like it is shouldn't be, you know, going to its players and begging them to trim uh, trim corners. Right. Um, OK, I'm going to attach the uh, the real fry pod to the end here. So you'll get your regularly regularly scheduled programming here. Um, but this is a quick uh, emergency pod that we're attaching to the fry pod. So enjoy the rest of the fry pod that we did earlier today that is still mostly relevant. Uh, I think all the content's actually pretty relevant, especially the Michael Beasley stuff. Um, <laughs> John Ham, Taylor, thanks for joining. Uh, you guys are awesome. And Russell Westbrook is in town for another six years, guys. It's good, good stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Good day and welcome to episode four, two, eight of Down to Dunk. You can find us on DailyThunder.com, Almighty Baller Radio, and of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. I am Luke, joined right now by Jay. What's up, Jay? Hey. And joining us in a bit is going to be Andrew, but he's grabbing lunch. So it's a weird day. So normally we would have recorded our Friday podcast in the morning, and uh, Andrew is coming down off of a bad case of strep throat. And uh, Taylor couldn't be here, and so it's kind of just a little bit different today. But we got a lot to talk about, and Luke and Andrew are going to probably do most of the talking since I did a little surprise pod on Wednesday with Andrew. And uh, you know, I want to remind everybody before we get too far is that next Thursday, October fifth, at Anchor Down, is our live season preview podcast. Fred Katz. From the Norman Transcript and Royce Young from ESPN are going to be our special guests. Seven o'clock is when it starts. I think the podcast will start either right then or it'll start a little bit afterward, and uh, we'll get you uh, taken taken care of. Yeah, but hey, food, beverages. Get everyone there. Everyone there. Get there at six. Get some food. Get some drinks. Meet and greet. Talk to us. Talk to Fred and Royce. We'll all be around um, because Anchor Down has some delicious food for you. 
Yeah, and they've also got, we're doing, uh, we've seen the preview form, but we've got some down-the-dunk glassware that'll be available. That's true. It'll, it'll be free. It'll be free box. with a purchase of a beverage. Yep. And it's a, it is a, anyway, it's got the new design, the MTB inspired design that Luke came up with. Yeah, and we, we're also going to have those. T- we're going to have those T-shirts there for sale, along with our older um, T-shirt. Both are twenty-five dollars, so bring a little extra scratch, and you can leave with glassware and a matching T-shirt. It, you'll be the talk of the town. Absolutely, that sounds like a good plan. Jay, well, you said Thursday. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping right into this, Jay. Let's you thought it, this had been a weird day. It's been a weird week. It has we have, been. Uh, this is the first time I can talk about it. We have Carmelo Anthony on the Thunder. Yeah, what do you think, man? Give me your thoughts, Luke. Um, I am absolutely pumped about this. This is the best. Because it's not like we it's not like Presti just traded for him. Carmelo had to waive his no trade clause. He had to actively say, I want to be on the Thunder, I see what they're doing. I like what they're doing. I want to be a part of that. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I uh, somebody asked a Twitter question about your mellow thoughts and wanted to know really if you had any nicknames or if there's any kind of social elements of mellow that you're more excited about than just the basketball part of it. I you got any other thoughts? Like, because you know his wife is on, and she on basketball wives or ex wives. She's on she's on one of those shows I, or she might be on a real housewives I really don't know. But um I'm just excited like he's a huge deal, you know? And uh yeah, I- and just having him around like I'm I'm I expect that with the amount I go out I'll see him eventually and it's going to be super awesome. Well, one of the things that Andrew and I touched on a little bit on Wednesday, but it, it, I just keep realizing how more and more true this is. is really, there's only a few kind of centers of the basketball world right now. And it's Boston, Cleveland, uh, Golden State, obviously, Oakland. And then you have Houston and Oklahoma City. Those are the ones where, like, because San Antonio would be in that conversation normally as far as because they're going to be that good. But as far as personalities and superstars, inside an area like Oklahoma city is up there with Cleveland, really Cleveland, golden state, Oklahoma city, Houston, I would say above Boston. And so it's kind of cool. The whole like media tickets or media availability is going to be way in way higher demand going forward in this next year. Uh, I mean, we're going to, there's no way there'll be empty seats for any game um, this year. And so if you got season tickets, you should be able to make your money back. If you sell a few of them and, uh, and or just go to all of them. That's what my suggestion. Yeah. But if that's what you're looking for, like it's just they've already said that the the resale market for Thunder tickets is already exploding. And so, oh, it's just, yeah, it is a it's a great time to be a Thunder fan, which is so cool since it's been a year. Yeah, you know, since it was kind of a hard time to be a Thunder fan, is that there's just a lot of optimism going on for the season, which is kind of cool. But um, so, what about there's there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's training camp. We had media day on Monday. Training camp started on Tuesday, uh, and then we have a blue and white scrimmage on Sunday, and then next Wednesday is our first preseason game in Tulsa versus Houston. And so the cool thing about it for me, Luke, is that basketball season's here. It is here. It's basketball is back, baby. Here's the thing that I'm thinking about. 
the thing that I really like, everyone's been talking about like, you know, when Russ will sign his extension. But the thing, an underrated kind of thing that I think is that signing Mello, I think, increases our chance of re-signing Paul George. Because I think that it shows him like, Oklahoma City, the Thunder are serious about this season. And what he was waiting for the Pacers to show him, like, hey, we're down with this squad. Like, we want to run, and we are ready to do it now and make big moves. Like, it's shown him that we're actually doing that. Like, we're making those yeah. big moves that he's requested. Like, we're ready to run now, and – we take him seriously, you know? We're not just there. We're not going to have another year of wasting Paul George on a team that's not quite there, that ownership can't make the moves to show him what he needs to be shown. Like, we're, I, I think that we're showing him all, we're doing all the right things for Paul George to potentially resign, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and if winning is the ultimate important thing for him, then there is really no other team outside of you know wherever LeBron lands next year whether it's Houston or if it's you either follow LeBron which I've heard that his agent doesn't want him to do because he wants Paul to be the man wherever he is you know because that's one of the rumors is that if LeBron goes to LA then possibly potentially um, you know Paul George could go to LA you know whoever I don't know who teams up there but so that's one option that's what a lot of people were talking about but but there's not a lot of teams out there other than jumping on board like a Warriors or something which is not possible that has as much opportunity to win so if winning is what is important uh, the Thunder are one of the better bets now all of this is predicated on the fact of whether or not they actually work on the floor like if it's, yeah. if it the chemistry doesn't work or they can't put it together in, in a way that makes sense like i could definitely see them all three possibly going you know or leaving but i don't foresee that i think the way that they're that seems like they're buying into the plans here uh i think that this team is going to be fun to watch and i think that yeah. Thunder, even though most people won't say this have a legitimate chance to have all three of those guys back the next year now the Man. tax bill is going to be insane but but uh, it'll be yeah. I, I mean, if the ownership's in, then I think we could we could see this team together for a few years. Yeah, and props to the ownership for you know saying yes, we'll do it. Um, we'll take on like they're paying a ton of money to make this happen. But it's uh, you know you gotta you gotta do it. I'm glad they did. I I like I think in our text group of you, me, Andrew, and Taylor, I jumped the gun saying like we made the trade. Like we're getting mellow like a hundred times. Like, just biting on all the fake Twitter things, um, hearing from other people and just jumping the gun. And so I was I was prepared to feel stupid saying I had fallen for it every time. But it, when it actually but, happened... But instead, you're right, man. I, it was... It was... It was great. You should have just thrown it out there like you were the one with the hot scoop. You just put it on your Twitter. What do you have to lose, man? Hey, we man. got Mello. Just say it. You should, you should have just done it. You Next need time... I know I missed I missed you missed the chance to get all those props. Hey, but you know who I want to get props to right now? Our friends uh, over Anthem, at Anthem. Anthem. Yes, they have they have two um, variants of a Saison Brett available at their tap room, and it will also be out at uh, liquor stores in their like bigger bottles. Um, it's called Family Tree. 
It's a Saison Brett aged in Chardonnay barrels. And there's a cherry-infused version and a dry-hopped version. And I've heard from our man, Nick, inside Anthem that they're both incredible. Yeah, so Saisons are going to be they're going to be kind of like a farmhouse ale. It's just kind of a little bit kind of a sourness to it. Uh, it's not going to be super sour, which that bread is actually defining like the type of sour yeast that they use. And so it's going to have sour. So the cherry and the sour should mark, should match really well. The Chardonnay barrels, which is, you know, that's not something you see all the time. That's going to add a different kind of a, a flavor, you know, variant to it, which is really cool. But then also having a dry hopped version, if you're an IPA fan, uh, this may be a little bit easier. You know, you could maybe drink this and some other IPAs because dry hop, really, you're going to notice the dry hops on the, the nose more than you will the taste, but it will be there in the taste as well. So if you're an IPA guy or you like sours, you want to give somebody a shot or so, uh, something new, a chance, I think this is one of those chances that you should take. So I know yeah. you can find it at the, at the tap room, but they also, like you said, are going to have it in liquor stores. And so yeah. Anthem, Anthem's the best and they're good friends of ours and you need to go and support them. If you support us, you support them, you support them, yeah. you support us. And so go and take care of our Anthem friends. Man, I was, I was, uh, I was upset when we weren't going to have the live pod this morning, um, ready to go because I had made plans to go to the tap room and try out both of these so that I could taste test for our listeners. But I'll report back next week. I'll do that this weekend and let everyone know exactly how these are if they if they're living up to the hype i guarantee they will but uh, i'm 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 gonna do that i'm gonna do that for our listeners out there you know yeah they deserve it you need to do that they need you on that wall man they want pay hey, that wall so go i it. have something before we jump into twitter questions um yeah did you see the michael beasley interview uh where he's talking where he's talking with the girl about the percentages of the brand that we use yeah, explain it to people that maybe didn't watch okay. it. I watched it. For people who haven't seen it, Michael Beasley is kind of doing the media tour out in New York uh, for for uh, the Knicks, where he's talking to um, this news anchor, and he's describing to her his thoughts on the fact that humans only use 10% of their brains. And he his argument, or his question to her is, if if humans only use 10% of their brains, who was the person that was using 11% of their brain that figured that out? And I'm completely with him on this. <laughs> do you have, do you have any thoughts before I, before I get, before I get more into this? So no, I don't have any, like, I can't factually back this up like I can't send you somewhere. But one of the things I have heard is that's just a misnomer. That the ten percent of your brain thing is actually not really accurate. But but I I won't say much because I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. My thoughts is my thoughts is the way that she comes at him that she comes at him like, no, that's not true. You're not like that's faulty logic. It's it doesn't compute with her. First off, I was taken back to my barbecue argument with you guys. Yeah, barbecue. Bars BQ. It, it's you know it's tough to be the smartest guy in the room, and people <laughs> doubt you. You know, um, 
scientists all throughout history have been persecuted, and now me and Michael Beasley have joined their ranks. So my thought is this. Yes, Michael Beasley is correct in say, thinking that the person who said humans only use 10% of their brain was using 11% of their brain. And then from there, I think that Michael Beasley, in pointing this out, is using 12% of his brain. And since I'm able to figure that out, I am using 13% of my brain. I am the smartest person on the planet. You know, and that's facts. It makes sense. It makes perfect (laughs) sense. And, and if you argue against it, against me in this, it's just admitting that you're not as smart as me. You're a 10%. And I I hate that. If for anyone that wants to argue with me, do it. But I hate that they're a 10 percenter. Join me on Go ahead. I'm just saying, life is tough for us ten percenters, man. You know, it's it's, just it's tough. Join me at thirteen. It feels great. Just get on board with Michael Beasley. The only downside is, okay, worst worst case scenario, you're wrong. Best case scenario, you're one of the smartest people on the planet. Get with it. <laughs> I mean, my, he. My favorite part about it is watching that interview. Is that lady? She was trying to give validity to what he was saying. It just is so uncomfortable. It's it's the best part about it is that it's almost like Michael Scott from the office level of thought process that yeah. is put into it. Like I can see exactly how he got to this idea and you know, props to him. <laughs> props to him. And you and you and him. And me. I gotta give huge props to me. Hats off to me for unraveling this mystery. I'm, I'm in his corner completely. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to see... What? I was just going to say 13%. You know what it's time for now? Is it time for Twitter questions? Well, unless you got something else, man. Keep going. We can Hello. <laughs> Andrew, hey. how are you? I am here on the pod. Welcome. I just got done hey, don't, explaining... Don't recap. My... Don't recap. Don't okay. recap. Andrew, you're going to have to go back and listen to it. I've actually yes. been just, sitting and listening like, to literally, it. Literally, my mind is blown apart blown. because of Luke's 13%. Here's the right. only thing. Usage. Here's the only thing. I don't want Michael Beasley to come back and be like, ooh, actually, I was just like joking. Like, like Kyrie going back on the flat earth thing is... I lost a lot of respect for him for that. I'm just letting you know there's no way that Michael Beasley is going back on his statement. And I respect that. Stick with what you're passionate about. Kyrie was obviously passionate about Flat Earth. He went off and <laughs> and people criticized him for it, and he backed off. And I don't respect that. It's all you know? weird. It's all weird. But I'm I ride with Michael Beasley wherever he goes. He's, man, I do too. He's, so, it's great to have him back. Andrew, right. we're going to jump straight into some Twitter questions. Let's do it. Okay, our we first Twitter question. Twitter questions. Ton of we do them. have Hold a lot. On, Luke. We, got a, we got a ton of them. We didn't get to all of them, and someone will have to skip because there's a lot of redundant ones, a lot of the same questions, so we'll try to combine those. So don't be offended if you didn't get on there. We had to say no hey, to something. And I might, so st- I I might stay on if you guys want we can answer any of the fun ones and i can stay on and answer a few after you guys have to go yeah i got i got about 15 minutes or so so no worries man let's do this let's do it okay um 
here is the first question. It is from at D underscore Hunt 08. He wants to know who do you trust most with the last shot? And then Jamie Don Wheat asked the same question. Who's Russ? Then he asked. He asked if it's not Russ, who is it? Then does he pass to Mello or does he pass to Paul George? Okay. So number one, it's it's Russ. Yeah. Don't you think so, Andrew? Uh, I do. Okay, so Russ would always be that. I don't think Russ is going to have a problem deferring to Mello. I lo- I think Mello has got a killer instinct. That's one of the reasons I've always liked him so much. And so I'd probably go Russ, Mello, Paul George. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's whoever has the hot whoever has the hot hand in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Paul George is on fire, I want Russ to dish to PG. Yeah, I yeah, think we really have to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say one of the things last year that you found out, like Russ. I think Russ likes taking the big shot. I get that. Like any competitor would want to take the last shot. But one of the things I also saw is that like there were plenty like that Denver play, for example, mm-hmm. like everybody just guarded Russ. And so like it would be easy to have three guys on the floor that can make a last second shot is going to make whoever gets that shot have way more open space to shoot it, mm-hmm. you know, or at least a one-on-one matchup to try to do something. But anyway, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to put stats to it, but it's so hard. Be, like, like you said, like all of these guys were double teamed in the clutch uh, because they were the only guys on their team that they, they knew the ball was going to him. I mean, even with Mello, he had Porzingis on the floor. But if you watch any of those Knicks games, they ISO'd heavy for Mello. Like they tried to get him in the post so that he could score on whoever was guarding him. But if you look at their stats from last year, Mello was 42% in the clutch. Russ was 44%, and Paul George is 47.6% in the clutch. They all shot around Jeez. around 33% um, from three in clutch time. Uh, Russ was by far the best player in the clutch, and so I think that he's the best player on the team. That's the guy who's going to take the shot. But now he's got options that he trusts. And last year, that was one of the biggest problems. Why did Russ take every shot in the end of the game? Because he didn't trust anybody else to make them. Like, yeah. um, and so... I think that he has two guys that he can trust. It really depends on matchups at that point. Like if you're playing the Spurs, whoever Kawhi Leonard is not guarding, because uh, probably, yeah. probably Danny Green guards Russ, and then Kawhi will probably guard Paul George, and then maybe you'd have Rudy Gay on Carmelo. Well, then you're going to Melo, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think it just depends on matchups. Who do I want taking the last shot? I still want it in Russell Westbrook's hands just because that dude has been a clutch monster over the past year and really his whole career. Like he's been very good in those moments. Um, second, I'm probably want Carmelo. Like he is just one of the most gifted scorers in NBA history. And it's just a natural thing for him. Um, you can tell, I, I, I don't know how, I think that probably Russ and Paul George maybe have worked on their craft harder and more because they've kind of had to mold who they are as an NBA player because both of them came into the league and nobody thought that they would be this. Carmelo came into the league, everybody thought he would be this. Like, he was so good at Syracuse. There are, like, no freshmen that did what he did. Even Kevin Durant couldn't carry his Texas team the way that Melo did. And that Texas team was good. Uh, But Carmelo is a special, special score. And I just think he's got that gene. I just think some guys have it. I think Melo's one of those guys that has it. And on most nights, he will get the third best defender on the court 
uh, which means that he'll have some room to either draw foul or get a shot off. And he may even be wide open. You run some kind of action where you get Paul George, you do a Paul George and Russell Westbrook pick and roll, and you have all the rest of their shooters out there. You have a Brinus, whoever else is out there. You may have a wide open shot from Melo. And that, yeah. that those kind of shots are money. So yeah. <laughs> there's options. Because you really just need, you need just like one person to to over switch or not switch quick enough mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're going to have somebody open right so if, yep. if it is Danny Green and then you have Patty Mills as your other guard out there and so Kawhi stays on Paul George and just falls him wherever if Patty Mills switches late uh, you know not to mention that just throw the ball down to Patty to Mello at that point you know mm-hmm. or whatever but but if whoever does it switches in the perimeter last like there's enough issues out there potentially where you like somebody could really get almost a wide open shot to finish a game. So, but I think one of the things is you're not going to see as many, hopefully clutch situations needed as you did last year. Obviously like it's (laughs) not going to be, this team is not going to be doing a lot of the same things. Right. Yeah. Russ led the league last year in uh, clutch points, clutch rebounds, clutch assists. He was in top five for clutch steals. Like he was, and it was because the Thunder were always trying to claw their way back into these games. Yeah. Uh, you remember like the Utah game at home where they had that outrageous comeback. I mean, like there's there that was the whole season. They had to claw to 47 wins. And, you know, I think that experience is really good for players like Steven Adams, who was really helpful during clutch time. Um so it's I, I just I'm excited I'm excited for this team now it has options options that Russell Westbrook trusts which I think is the key mm-hmm. yeah I think the only guy he really trusted to take that shot last year was Abrinas yeah and he wasn't in the game right yeah or when yeah. he was like obviously there's no way to get him open uh, yeah. you know when he, there's two options it's really easy to defend those two options yep. hey Guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It's kind of a combination at drinking tea and also at Austin S one zero two seven asks about um, introductions at the games and basically who's going to get introduced last in the starting lineup: Paul George or Mello? What if they did it like Stephen Adams? <laughs> what if they just keep it, Andre? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I would think Paul George probably. It's a hundred percent Paul George. I think Paul George too. If you can get Paul George and Russell Westbrook to commit to coming back to OKC, Melo's going to stay. He will opt into his contract, and they'll give it another yeah. run. Yeah, um, that's an easier sell. But if you if you can get Russ to sign the extension, Melo says he'll stay for another year. That doesn't necessarily mean that Paul George is coming back. So yeah, you have right. to you have to do what you have to pull out everything, even with what Paul George has said, you know, to yeah. uh, USA Today and everybody. Like he said a lot of stuff, um, but still, um, you're going to have to pull out everything. And I think Paul George gets announced last, and I think that the crowd is going to be ruckus. Yeah, and I think and I think the Thunder so far they have been doing that. They they had that welcome party, which is such not a Thunder thing to do, mm-hmm. and so they're going to be anything that they can do for Paul George. They're going to do, including introducing him last at the games. I'm so excited 
for that first game, it's against New York. The other thing I'm really excited about is the crowd's reaction to uh, Ennis being back. Because oh, every time he went fun. back to Utah, he they you know they booed him, they hated him, mm-hmm. and he had such a different experience here. Yep. And we the the city and the team just appreciated him so much that I'm excited for him to come back and like have you know the replay on on the big screen the standing ovation like every pull out all the stops for Ennis coming back because i think he really deserves it the crowd is going to lose its voice by the time it's time to play basketball absolutely on thursday october 19th it's going to be so crazy because it's crazy it's coming right because you have russell westbrook being announced first everybody's going to go wild and then you have mellow somewhere in the middle there and then you have paul george for the first time in a thunder uniform in a really big yeah. game stepping on the court i mean it's going to be a mad house it's gonna be wild can't wait um all right let's move on to our next twitter question it comes from at austin walsh who wants to know what would an all bench second unit look like felton abrinas Houston Grant Patterson. I mean, I, I like this question just to talk about the bench, but it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. There will always be Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, or Russell Westbrook on the floor. Mm-hmm. They'll never go with an all bench unit. So, but that's, I mean, it's probably, I don't think Houston's probably gets on the floor, but sadly it's more than likely if the, if it is an all bench unit, it would be singular in that space instead. Yeah. Even though that's, the I'd love inc- to be surprised. Yeah. Even though that's, the incorrect answer putting singular out there he's going to be out there right i mean they're they're going to try again and to i mean it's going to be just maddening um but he's they're going to try again with with kyle um because they have such an investment in him and for whatever reason they don't they just don't want singular on the court or not singular houston on the court uh, I don't get it. Every time he's played, he looks like an NBA player. He seems competent. He is a smart guy. He's intelligent. He works on his game. Uh, but I do, I think you're right, Jay, that do not be surprised to see Kyle Singler play a few minutes here and there yeah. <clears throat> this season. Do not be surprised. All right. Our next Twitter question, it's about Carmelo Anthony. It comes from at C underscore W underscore Osborne, who wants to know how well can Carmelo guard Draymond and can he stretch Draymond out enough when Oklahoma City is on offense to reduce Draymond's defensive impact? I think that you probably won't see Draymond guarding him straight up, right? Like yeah, this will be a team that the – the Warriors are going to put Draymond on, uh, more than likely Dre, and just anything to keep Draymond close to the basket. Uh, but this will be a team, Oklahoma City is going to force Golden State to move quickly out of their big lineup, right? So mm-hmm. Zaza is going to play very limited minutes against the Thunder. So it'll be Draymond at mm-hmm. five, and so which means that Dre, Dre will play, Draymond will play Steven Adams more than he'll ever be on Melo, probably, in that game. But they switch so much, like, who knows what happens? That's one of the beauties because what will happen is it will be Iggy on Mello, um, which is why it kind of can create some problems because you have Iggy on Mello, Durant on Paul George, Clay will be at that point, I guess, on Russ. And so you still have, I mean, I mean, they, they just can match up. I mean, that's still one of the things that Golden State has is they can put four good defenders for five, really four and a half because Curry's not good, but 
uh, not awful, but you can put four good defenders on the floor at any time, you know. But if you in in that situation, Jay, who is Curry guarding? Imagining that Dre and Stephen Adams are on the court as well. Who's yeah, Stephen? Who's Curry guarding? It, it's really a moot point because. Honestly, like some people, they mark up a little bit, but they just they just switch. They play. So Steph has been on Russ numerous times yeah. in games. Now that's yeah. not ideal, but they would rather Steph play him because what you do is you push him out on the perimeter, and if if Russ is going to beat you, you make him go past Steph, or you actually try to keep him at the three point line. But if he goes past Steph, you just got Kevin Durant or Iggy or Dre that are all ready to to take. You know, to stop the ball. Draymond Green, for being kind of undersized, is a really good rim protector, and he just knows where to be. And so that's that's where they're problematic. Now, one of the ways that you can do that is if if you just got to keep the Thunder, and it's going to be hard, but they've got to keep moving and work to the advantage on offense, and then take advantage of it at that point. And so if you can switch enough to where all of a sudden Carmelo Anthony is on Steph Curry. You know, and he can get, he can elevate and shoot over him or Paul George or, you know, you yeah. try to get Draymond out on the perimeter. Like those are the moments that, that the Thunder can hopefully expose some of those things. So it's going to be hard. There's a reason the Warriors are so great is because they're not just incredible offensively. They're also incredible defensively. Right. Ron Adams is a genius on the defensive end who's coached mm-hmm. them up for the last four years. And what you're going to see is that they're going to, they're going to have a great plan to defend the Thunder. But the Thunder have more offensive options, I think, than any team that they, that, that is going to play the Warriors this year. Yeah. Um, here's here's my question that. with Draymond. It's not can Carmelo stretch him out. To me, is can Jeremy Grant stretch him out far enough? Because I think that the the lineup, like the quote unquote Thunder Death lineup, includes Russ, Dre, Melo, Paul George, and Jeremy Grant. Um, and so, can Jeremy Grant's three point shooting be real enough? to where Draymond Green has to pay attention to him. Uh, because I think that you match up uh, Curry can guard Andre Robertson. I think that uh, Clay Thompson guards Russell Westbrook. Andre Iguodala guards Paul, guards Paul George. And then KD is guarding Mello. Um, and then I think that Draymond Green can kind of roam if he's guarding Jeremy Grant. Um, and so uh, to me, it's can Jeremy Grant hit shots? If he can hit shots, then this team has a chance against Golden State. If he can't hit shots, then I think they're going to be either really tight games or the Warriors are going to win. Um, but I think the Thunder can compete with them. Jeremy Grant is such a big part of this because they don't have that many big guys. And if he can, if his three-point shooting is real, this team can take up, you know, they go up to another level. Um, yeah. So ideally, if you did get mellow with Draymond Green, yeah, I mean, Draymond's got to pay attention to him. But with the quality of defender that Kevin is, uh, they'll put Kevin on him, and he's big enough to kind of handle mellow. Uh, Iguodala can, I think that's probably your best matchup there is letting Paul George go to work on Iguodala because Iguodala continues to age, and he's lost a step. Um, So I think that during that time, I think that you run – some kind of, you know, even an ISO for him during the clutch time uh, with Paul George and Iguodala. I think that's a that's a pretty. I mean, that's a lot better than what the Thunder had last season. Yeah. 
All right, guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at CG Stevens, who wants to know how many teams will super tank this year with the new rules and the worst odds in the 2019 draft. And will we see more teams with higher win totals as a result? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know if there's a lot of teams that will be intentionally tanking because these teams are going to suck anyways. Uh, the Knicks will will do whatever they can to get a high draft pick. So will the Magic and the Suns. Uh, they all have their picks, and they're all going to be trying to to tank and to get those high draft picks. Lots of teams in the East. Uh, ideally, all these next superstars land in the Eastern Conference, so there can be a little bit more balance. It'd be nice if, like the next for the next four years, if like the number one pick was just over in the East. Uh, and we keep those guys there. Um, but other than that, like the Pacers aren't tanking. The Pistons aren't tanking. The Bulls obviously are the, they're tanking a ton. Uh, but then after that, like the Hawks are obviously, I think the, the Bulls and the Hawks are like the two teams that are like most blatantly tanking. Then you go to the West, like who's tanking in the West besides the Suns? Because like the Kings have a decent, they, they think that they're going to be decent. I do too. Uh, the Mavs aren't, the Pelicans aren't. There's basically just the Suns in the West and then half the Eastern Conference. Um, so I hope that the Suns <laughs> don't end up with the number one pick. I feel bad saying that for Suns fans, but uh, we need superstars out, out East because when we, when we get to February and we look at the East All-Stars, it's going to be kind of abysmal. Yeah. Hey, and uh, speaking of All-Stars, there's a question from at Tim Kurtz. How many Thunder players will be on the All-Star team this year? I mean, obviously the ceiling is three. I would expect two. If the Thunder have like the second best record in the NBA, you know, by the all-star break uh, or by the time that voting is done, I think you could see all three of them being on it. Uh, but if they're just kind of on track to be like a 50, 55 win team, then I would expect it would be Russ and Paul George. Uh, sorry, I uh, got. <laughs> you okay. I got interrupted. Hey, I okay. Next sort of question. It comes from at Cody Son of Steve. He wants to know: Do y'all like Shrek? I like Shrek. Yeah, it's funny. Do you like uh, Jay? How? Where do you stand on the Shrek issue? Jay's gone, man. He's so gone. He's gone. Yeah. Oh man, didn't know. I know. Hey, Andrew. Another question from at Bangelope. How do you take your coffee? <laughs> How do, I take my how do you think? And how do you think the Thunder players take their coffee? Um, I don't know. I don't know how many Thunder players actually drink coffee. Um, I take mine just black. I love black coffee. Do you really? You're, dude. It's an acquired you, taste. You're sick. Why? You got a problem, man. Why? That's that's gross. Why? I cream it up. You got to cream it up, man. You got to cream it up, and what you got to you got to. Um, if if I'm in my office, there's a Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts has a creamer. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, use the, I use the Dunkin' Donuts creamer. Oh, yeah. I, uh, and no uh, sugar. You don't add sugar. I don't or add any, nothing, or any sweetener. No. Just black wow, dude. When I, got my, when I got my first job in, out of college, I had to be there at like six forty-five in the morning, and that was not conducive to my body so I just started drinking black coffee one because it tasted disgusting and it woke me up and so yeah. over the years man I've just grown to love it 
Ugh. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, at Red Sox, Rebert wants to know Velveeta shells and cheese or Kraft mac and cheese. Um, what do you think? I'm, I'm a Kraft mac and cheese guy. They're both good. There's not a bad choice. But I think if I had they're the, both good. If I had the choice, I'd go Velveeta shells and cheese. You know, I just haven't had it in a long time because if if I'm making macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. like I, I haven't made it for myself since college, and that's when I was doing like the single serving craft, like pour water in the thing, put, add the the cheese sauce, put it in the microwave. Yes, it's, it was good. I mean, it's good, but but if you got so, the, if you know. got the time and the money to make yourself some Velveeta shells and trees, man, it's a different. I level. know it's a different level. I'll. I haven't I haven't made myself mac and cheese in years. <laughs> and if you can just and do homemade though, like home like homemade mac and cheese is where it's at. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I'm never going to do that, dude. You got to treat yourself to some homemade mac and cheese sometime. <sighs> Maybe if I make anything at my house, I make chili. That's my one thing I Ooh, make. That's a good thing to make. That's I make it once it starts getting cold. I make chili. I make it as often as possible. I love chili. Chili is the bomb. Um, Chili is the bomb. Do you have to go? I kind of have to go. Yeah. You want to do? Uh, um, you want to talk about our friends at Oklahoma Shirt Company first, and then we can, uh, and then I'll answer some more Twitter questions from Compete. Sure, absolutely. Um, and uh, Taylor might be getting it on later. I think he has an availability, unless we just want to get the pot out there. We'll probably just post it here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, cool. Hey, uh, Oklahoma Shirt Company, they're the ones that we went to when we wanted to make shirts for the podcast and uh, sell them to you guys because they make a great shirt. Um, my my brother and his, uh, his girlfriend, every time I see her, she tells me how soft these shirts are specifically ours that they made for us and uh i gotta give all, i gotta give all the credit to oklahoma shirt company because they they make a soft shirt they make a great product i've worn my uh new shirt that they made for us about a zillion times and it still looks great, great. um so they, they can they can get you set up for any of your screen printing t-shirt needs they can make t-shirts they can make sweatshirts they can make stickers they gotcha um and, and they'll work with you and they're super nice the people that there are uh, I, I really enjoy a lot and another thing that they have is their Oklahoma t-shirt of the month $10 gets you a t-shirt every month uh, if you sign I, you know if you sign up now you, you're going to get the system to where you get your September shirt you get the, a shirt just for signing up and then you're two days away from getting the October shirt if you jumped on that and they're pretty cool every time I see uh Jay posting something on Facebook or Instagram. He's in his Oklahoma shirt of the month from Oklahoma shirt company. Um, he posted a good one with him and his son matching shirts. It was, uh, good. And then if you see one from past month, if you go to their store, which is downtown on 10th street, um, they have some of their past shirts, still $10. If you see one that you really like, I bet it's possible they still have it, but, uh, you gotta go down and get it. So uh, they're great. I, I really like them a lot. I can't say enough nice things. They're quality. They get your shirts to you quickly. Quickly. We, we, we had an, we had our order that we're getting ready for, uh, our one next week and we got it. We already got them and we're ready to go, man. So we're set and it's all because they're, Fast, I think they t- every time we tell them, like, oh, when you buy this date, man, they get them done quick. They sure which do. has been great. 
great. They are amazing. Well, Luke, so are you, are you miffed? Are you beefed? Uh, I'm miffed because I've been sick the past like three days. Dude, that stinks. And being strep throat sucks. Strep throat is the worst. I don't remember feeling this bad as a kid because like you get strep throat when you're a kid, and you can like still like run around the house and like spread germs to everyone yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, you got kids at your house. Are they doing that? Yes. Have they got it yet? Okay, I'll tell you that my my. One of my sons got it, gave it to my wife, gave it to my other son, and then gave it to me. So we've all had yeah. it. It's misery. Hey, just uh, don't give it. Don't give it to the original one. My first it just starts the loop. My, my first round of antibiotics did not work, uh, so I had to get another one. And so it's just terrible. I was in bed for two straight days. It was absolute misery. Feeling better today. Man. And I'm I'm not Mr. Peep. I'm grateful and and uh, blessed because it was on Wednesday the first the uh, the uh, new intro to the pod or is it today? Uh, Wednesday, actually Monday. Wednesday, Monday, Monday. Intro, yeah. Man, uh, hearing hearing Stephen Adams say. Mifton, he don't be Mifton Peep because you're listening to our podcast is great. It is pretty awesome. I was really excited. That was, he had no clue that was awesome. what I was talking about. <laughs> have you played the, the complete version? No, I'll have to. I might. I'm working on splicing it together so I can make yeah. it like a more full intro. Uh, yeah. But I haven't had time to because do because for people whenever they eventually eventually hear it, you have to explain what the word miffed means, what yeah. the word <laughs> what the word peeve means. He's like, what what are those? And there's a th- there's like a thunder handler being like, yeah. oh, it's like being mad. And he's like, well, do you ever use that? And she's like, no, I've never used those no. words. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we got miffed and peeved from one of we from one of our high school teachers used to say yeah. that we were making her really miffed or that we were making her peeved and we thought it was yeah. hilarious <laughs> it's funny because we we was like what are you talking about and she's like you make me miffed you're gonna, you're gonna make you're starting to make me a little miffed yeah <laughs> because if if you can imagine uh, the listeners uh, me and andrew were uh and alex is right there with us yeah constantly causing distractions uh we were and it was great yeah. and that's where miffed and peeve came from that's the uh that's where the segment came from <laughs> that's that's true that's shout out miss wiley yeah shout out sue wiley Shout out! All right, man. Well, um, go through those uh, the rest of those Twitter questions. Give the people what we need. I'll give them some more deeks. All right, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Luke. See you, dude. Hello, everyone. Andrew Schlecht back to talk about some more TQs. I got a few minutes to to go over some with you guys. Want to make sure we get as many questions answered as we can. Uh, Let's see. Uh, from at Kyle Platt, I'd love to know your thoughts on Sam Amick's whole interview with Paul George. I found that, found it to be the, one of the more interesting player interviews. More specifically, how he was so open about his issues with Indiana, what he wanted, and how that compares to KD, etc. I mean, he's night and day compared to Kevin Durant, uh, just because you can tell he's being honest. Like, what he wanted was to win. He would have loved to win in Indiana. He wanted. He just wants a chance to kind of cement his legacy. Uh, after breaking his leg in the in that Olympic game, or I guess it was it was like a pregame for to the Olympics. I don't even remember what you call it. Uh, but after that, he understood that his career is fragile, and that he 
you know, you can lose your career really in an injury. And he almost did. Uh, but he's come back and he's better than he was. And now he is getting into his prime, into his later years, and he wants to win. And, you know, good for him. I mean, he could have left the the Pacers high and dry. Uh, He got them two assets. Some would argue that they're worth nothing. I don't agree with that. I just think that that's something kind of popular to say is the Thunder traded you know, for Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and gave up nothing. Well, the Thunder didn't give up nothing, but compared to what they got, it seems like nothing, but it's really not. Like, the Thunder gave up assets to those teams, uh, and it's not not like it's going to help them immediately, but maybe that Bulls pick, you know, can can help the Knicks, and maybe... You know, McDermott turns into something. Uh, I still believe in Demonis Sabonis. I still believe in Oladipo. Um, but his honesty is great. And to call it honesty, um, I guess we're going to have to find out because he talks an awful lot of good stuff on Oklahoma City. Like He loves the pawns. He loves the team. He loves that Carmelo's on the team. Uh, he's excited to learn from Russ. Uh, he talked a lot about how he... Um, needs the tone set for him by another star and he said that like Lance Stevenson <laughs> helped set the tone for him uh, in the second half of that year so I can only imagine the kind of fire that Russell Westbrook has what kind of tone is going to set for Paul George to start the season as well as Carmelo Anthony as well as Steven Adams and Andre Robertson like those guys like they just play hard uh, and I'm excited to see what can be unleashed from him uh, Durant Man, Durant's just different with whoever he talks to. Uh, He just wants to tell people what they want to hear. And we may look back next summer and say Paul George did the same thing. You know, if he does end up leaving for the Lakers or whoever, then we might say that he was just trying to appease the crowd here in OKC. Or, you know, if the Thunder do win like he wants, we, you know, may look at him and say like, wow, like he was honest, you know, when talking to Sam Amick. Um, I do think that he's telling the truth with how he feels right now. I don't know how you couldn't be on the Thunder and not be excited. Uh, There was just on media day, the buzz was just crazy. Everybody was so positive. Everyone was chipper. Everyone was super excited for the season. Uh, so I just I, I think that Paul George is being honest with where he is right now. Will that carry over to the summer? Will the season work out like they think it will? Will they win? I mean, they, this team has a chance to win sixty games. Do they win sixty games and go to the West Finals? I don't think going anywhere. Um, but if, do they win fifty games out in the second round? Then maybe that's not exactly what he thought he was signing up for. Uh, so we'll see. A lot of everything really depends on what happens this season. And a lot of people are making predictions and saying, this is definitely going to happen. And this is not going to happen. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Let's enjoy the ride. Enjoy Disney World. Uh, realistic buyout options. This is from at jbug underscore. Looks like maybe more than one underscore. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, jbug wants to know realistic buyout options. Uh, there's always guys that come available. Uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline, guys that can't be traded, uh, maybe because their contract situation isn't great, or maybe they just don't have any trade value. Um, I kind of just wonder about Tyson Chandler. He's got two years left on his deal, and I know that they probably aren't real excited about buying this guy out, but if he says, hey guys, like, listen, I've been a good soldier. I signed here because I thought we were getting LaMarcus. I've helped your young guys you know, move along a little bit. 
um, let me go play for somebody else so that I can kind of finish out my career with a good team. And, you know, I wish that we were getting Tyson Chandler several years ago in that Joe Smith trade, but um, I think he'd help this team. I do. I don't know that he's he's not that helpful against the elite teams, but uh, to have another big body to throw out there, like if you play the Spurs and, and you know at some point in the playoffs, like you be it'd be best to have another big guy because they like to play bigger. Um, although the Spurs don't really have any that many quality bigs anymore, um, but somehow they're going to pull out some Euro guy that's never played NBA basketball and he's going to be an All Star. Uh, but it'd be nice to have a, a big guy like like Tyson off the bench. Also his veteran leadership, I think um, it does not hurt to have another guy in the locker room with that kind of leadership as well. Um, Beyond that, it's kind of hard to tell because you have to look at the bad teams. The teams aren't playing for anything that have veterans um, that feel a little alienated or would like to go win. Um, I just don't know. Maybe, Maybe Erson Ilyasova asks for a buyout and maybe he would come here even though he was just traded from here. Um, maybe most Spates realizes that his hometown team really isn't the greatest thing in the world and he wants a buyout. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough to kind of point those guys out here. There's still several free agents like Darren Williams is still a free agent and I think that he could help some teams. Um, but Beyond that, I'm not really sure that there's anybody that really sticks out to me as a buyout candidate, but um, the Thunder will certainly be one of the options for teams. I think people will look at the star power that they have, and I think that they'll have, you know, they'll be in line to get one of these guys um, when it comes time for buyouts. So, uh, but uh, other clear guys, I don't. I just, I don't see it yet, uh, but we'll discuss that as the season goes along. From at Bobby Wheat, it's not at Bobby Wheat, at B Wheat Gallery asks, will Russ shoot higher than 50% this year? Um, I, you'd think that his efficiency would rise with the less shots, with the more quality shots that he gets, uh, but it's always, it's hard to, pinpoint efficiency numbers for Russell Westbrook just because overall he has not been an efficient guy and to say that he shoots over 50% I I don't I just don't see it uh the highest he's ever shot is 45.7% from the field and that was in 2011-12 like that's been it's been a long time uh 2015-16 he was 45% which is probably you know, close to like the spacing and stuff like that, that he had, uh, that he'll have this season. Um, Russ does get better um, every season. He adds something and maybe shooting and efficiency is something that he can add this season as he continues to make his shot more compact and more under control and can learn. He's really learned to control his body. And I've said this before, but go look at 2000, the 2012 finals. And you can't tell me that he hasn't learned to control his body. Um, when it comes to his jump shot, uh, because he has, and so maybe, maybe it does get closer, but I think that if we're talking like peak, I think maybe like 47%, maybe 48%, uh, I think like that mark would be great, but 50% is probably asking a little bit too much. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, at cam 
asks, what are your thoughts on the lottery changes? Is this something that could hurt slash help the OKC moving forward? Uh, This is a tough one. I think that we're going to really have to see it play out to see how it affects these teams. It won't go into effect this summer, like Chad asked about you know teams super tanking i we'll see if i mean teams are always trying to get those top picks and obviously getting the you know the worst record uh, will help you more this year than it will next Uh, but if you haven't heard the lottery odds are changing after this next draft the top three teams will get 14 percent chance to to win the lottery and that the top pick this next year gets 25 percent. so like it's massive changes for these teams uh, I don't know. I just don't know that I think that tanking is always going to be a thing. Like if you have a chance to get the number one pick, if you have a chance to get a top player, I don't think it's going to stop because how do you, how do you get yourself to not be the Orlando magic? It's you get a, you draft a great player. No one's going to play for the magic. That's how you do it. And so you're telling me that the Magic aren't going to tank to try to get a pick after this season. Let's say that they end up getting like the sixth pick in this next draft and they get another role player. Awesome. What are they going to do? You think that they're just going to try to win with what they've got? Probably not. They, they need a superstar. You know, if you just look at the teams that are at the top, they don't, they don't only have one superstar. They've got three or four superstars, and that's how you become one of those teams. Unless you have Greg Popovich, who is like a superstar in himself, you just you can't win without them. And so I don't really see it as a problem. I never really thought tanking was that big of a problem. I think when, when the Sixers made it like so overt and just made it plain and simple. Like we're, we don't care about winning basketball games. We're going to throw these games. We're just going to try to get the number one pick and see what we can do. And you know what? It has paid off for them. They've, they've got a great core of young guys. Will it work out? I don't know, but they've got a good group. And if you look at the magic, they've tried to plug in these veterans and they've got Bismack Biombo on this massive deal and they're just struggling. Uh, and could they use Luka Doncic? Like, yeah, like they could, they could use one of those guys to come in and kind of put all these players around them. And then maybe things start to look not so bad. Uh, but you've got it. You've got to get superstars on your team and the draft for these small markets or these markets that are struggling. The draft is the the only way and you know i don't blame these teams for for losing games i think the only thing that may keep teams from actually you know tanking for that worst spot is if maybe you made the the team that had the worst record give them only a 10 percent chance of winning and then the second and third and fourth get a little bit higher um just like being rewarded for not being the worst team in the league and then you might not see the crazy overt tanking that you did from like the sixers when they won like 10 games a few years ago um so i think maybe that would help i don't think they'll ever do that but i think that maybe that would help with it because then there's you're going to have like a race to not be the worst team kind of at the end of the season um but yeah, it's a good question. The Thunder voted no on it. They're the only team to vote no. The Dallas Mavericks were undecided on it. Uh, they voted no because this system helped them form the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka team. And it's plain and simple. I mean, and they are one of these teams that they look at this roster. They're super excited, but in the back of their heads, they know we may be right back in that spot where we're trying to rebuild this team and we're not going to be able to get 
you know, three Hall of Famers back to back to back again. And it would be nice to at least have a shot at that. And if we're really awful, which this team could be really awful, then, you know, you're only getting a 14% chance of winning the lottery. I mean, that's just not, it's not great for those awful teams that are, maybe they're, maybe they just are being put in that position with, with the Thunder. Maybe all three guys leave and then they're just kind of screwed and they're just bad because they're bad. Uh, you know, I think that that, that sucks. That really sucks for, for these teams that aren't like intentionally just throwing games that are doing everything the right way. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how the league reacts. Like if something like that did happen to OKC, I don't expect it to, I still expect Russ to be here. Um, but if it did happen to OKC, it'll just be really interesting to see how does the league respond to that? Because it's becoming more and more clear that it's really, really difficult to have a viable NBA team, um, in a small market in the middle, in middle America, like it's really tough. These, these players want to be on the coast and they want to be with their buddies. Um, in these coastal cities. So you, I mean, you look at Utah, you look at OKC, uh, it's just tough and you have to have the right personality. Maybe you get lucky and you draft a Dirk Nowitzki or you draft a Tim Duncan. Um, but other than that, like you are dependent on stars wanting to come here and the, you know, the whole league is dependent on them. And that's why Sam Presti traded for these guys because he knows that that's how you win. And that's also how you create, um, a culture of winning is by bringing in these superstars and showing everybody like the thunder are, are the real deal. And these guys love playing for the thunder. Like how excited are these guys right now? They're very excited. Who sees that? Everybody sees it. All the players see it. That's why the Thunder are a buyout candidate is because the players see how excited these guys are to play for Oklahoma City. Even though it's a tiny market, uh, they're super, super excited to be here. And that matters. You know, Carmelo saying that he's able to focus on just basketball. That's a really, really big deal for him to kind of take a deep breath and to feel better about his life when he's in Oklahoma City as compared to New York. I mean, the players see that and they're like, wow maybe that's a place that I could see myself being. And if they do end up staying like, wow, like the Thunder have built something great. Um, and if they don't, then this publicity is still good because they're going to see that this is a, this is a place where they could be long-term or a player or a young guy. They're going to be like, wow, like, okay, see, like they care about winning. I'd like to be there. Um, so I expect even if this team falls apart, Sam Presti is still going to have the opportunity to do something special down the line. Uh, Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, Please come to our live pod October 5th. We'll be there at 6 o'clock. Pod will start at 7. Royce Young, Fred Katz, special guests. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. (laughs) 